Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 199 of the Apple and Apps and App Addict Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppleAndApps.com, and joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as we strap on our power suits to explore strange new worlds and search of clues for the next Apple event. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing okay. It's, uh, it was a good week for games, and then we got fun stuff coming up this week. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a good time for, to, for the iOS App Store. Yeah, we're past Labor Day, so we're locked into like the next fall quarter. I mean, fall doesn't officially start till September 22nd, but we're into that groove where kids are back to school and things are going back to not vacation time. And that means Apple's kicking things off with their next event for the iPhone 7. Yep. And so they sent out invites this week. And as usual, it's always fun to go over that invite to see any clues or hints it might hold. Yeah, you always have some crazy thing that's in there. This this time, some of them were pretty obvious, but uh, but I, I'm curious to hear what your crazy one of the uh, of the year is this time. I don't know which one's the craziest, but <laughs> <laughs> the the actual invite. Hopefully, you've seen it. It helps when we're going over this. Is you know, it's the Apple logo, but it's kind of like in colored like. Imagine if light was reflected off of a like water droplet. That's kind of how it looks. So with that kind of idea, it could point towards the next iPhone being water resistant, which has been rumored. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And then the the one that I kind of zoned in on right away was there was that one kind of lone black uh, kind of circle. And it almost kind of looks like the little... Uh, touch ID ring around it. To, so to me, that was instantly that home button that they're thinking of getting rid of the actual physical button and kind of forming this virtual home button on the screen that will be pressure sensitive and have haptic feedback so you know that you pressed it. And that's the one that really stuck out right away to me, even though it was the least colored of the bunch. Yeah, that dot that's just sitting up there. It's kind of like the moon up in the left corner. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what I was talking about. And then just that idea of the reflected light, it's called bokeh style. It's a type of DSLR style photography where you don't have things particularly in focus. So Apple, the next, every single iPhone has had a better camera. So you can assume that there's going to be an improved camera. It seems like Apple's really pushing it forward, especially on the plus line. So the 5.5-inch device is probably going to have an even better camera. And it'll be interesting to see how much they can pack in to improve the camera sensor this year. Right, yeah. There's all those rumors that were circling that that 7 Plus or maybe they'll be in third model where they'll have this dual lens camera which gets you these amazing pictures and yet it still sticks out of the back, supposedly, from what we've seen of the rumored pictures of the iPhone 7. So I don't know why they couldn't make the back flat, but... I guess that's what we're going to get. If it's dual lens, I mean, I don't know what that means for me taking pictures, but I'm sure Apple will tell us on Wednesday. Uh, yes, I'm sure they'll <laughs> make it sound like the most amazing thing that why don't we have this already? And yet uh, you'll probably get it and it'll look only marginally better than the photos you've already been taking. Yep. And then the actual tagline is see you on the 7th since 
I mean, you can take the literal meaning that the Apple event's going to be on September 7th at 10 a.m. Pacific, but also the idea of being see you on the 7th is Apple could build in a retina scanner into the phone, so rather than just your fingerprint touch ID, it could actually scan in the iris and make sure you have super security on your phone. Awesome. There, there, there's my crazy uh, prediction. That's Especially because all the colored circles, you know, they're different colors of eyes rather than because <laughs> all those different irises, no one's iris is exactly the same. Yeah, those are some crazy colored eyes, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's pretty much the invite. No matter how you look at it, it's going to be mainly about the iPhone 7 or iPhone 7 on September 7th. And then it's likely that the Apple Watch 2 is going to make an appearance, though it's largely going to resemble the existing Apple Watch with essentially improved battery life, improved processor, and maybe improved water resistance. But I don't think it's going to be completely broken free from the iPhone. It's still going to be tethered to the iPhone. And that's probably the main kind of limitation right now. Right. And now the waterproofness on the current watch, what exactly is that? You're just allowed to splash it with water? You can't really submerge it or it can't yeah, submerge it? I don't think you, I think you can like run it under the sink or something, but I don't think you can dunk it in the pool. Okay. Because that's the rumors of what I'm hearing we're actually going to see for waterproofness on the phone. Like, it's not going to be any better than what the Apple Watch has, which I think people are thinking they're going to be pouring champagne on this, they're going to be swimming with this, and I don't know that we're at that point yet. We're not going to have a, like, you don't need, like, a life-proof case or something. You can just jump right in with your phone. I don't think it's Yeah, I think it's going to have water resistance. It's not waterproof. Right, exactly. Yeah, just like the watch. But the watch might make it to waterproof this year. Yeah, you would think the watch should be able to because there's no open ports. Yeah, and it was one of the, one of the other things that I'm I've heard rumors of is that the battery life on the watch is going to improve, but I don't know by how much. But the, obviously, that we're not going to know yet. Where to sleep with it would be kind of the big thing, but I don't think they're going to do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and then one of the other big changes that's coming to the iphone is they're getting rid of the headphone jack if all the rumors are true and we're going to that lightning port for audio out now i'm curious to see what you think are we going to get with say you're purchasing a new iphone 7 do you think you're going to get uh earbuds that have the lightning port right on it or do you think they're going to give you a dongle so that you can convert your existing one my guess is that you're going to get these lightning earbuds but then they're going to make you purchase a dongle if you want to convert your standard uh, 3.5 millimeter jack or whatever the size is to the Lightning. I don't, and that's going to cost you like an extra $25 to $35. I'm really interested because they can go those different. Like for me, as a personal preference, I'd want wireless Bluetooth enabled earbuds. But I don't know if Apple can do the cost benefit analysis to, to yeah to include them with the purchase price of the iphone but i don't know if i want a dongle but if you have exist like say you have some deluxe headphones that you spent 300 or 500 dollars on if you want to use them with your iphone and they have the 3.5 millimeter jack the only thing you can do is have the dongle but apple's not prone on giving away dongles as well right exactly that's my point yeah they've never given away these dongles so yeah the only time they did was when they gave away the lightning to micro USB in the UK or in Europe 
because they had to. They're forced to. Uh, but otherwise, they have never given away a dongle. So I think they're going to release those wireless earbuds. I think we're going to see those, but you're not going to get them free with a phone. You're going to have to purchase those. And I think what you're going to get is just a pair of earbuds that have a lightning port on the end and no dongle. You're going to have to purchase it. It's going to be available today, but you're not going to be able to uh, actually get one for free with your phone. I can't imagine Apple would make headphones with the lightning port on them. Oh, if they're switching, I can't I can't see why they wouldn't. No, I just don't think that's what they want you to do with it. I think every time Apple's gotten rid of they've forced obsolete on anything, it's because they've emphasized wireless capabilities. True. It's not to push people to another port. They offer that other port, but they don't want you to use it for that thing. Because if you have your headphones in, you can't charge the device at the same time. Your well, headphones then, do not charge your device. Right, and well, that's where they need the dongle because... Well, then it's a dual like, dongle. It's like yes. a double-slotted dongle. That would be different than the main dongle. Well, it would be like the old uh, HDMI out kind of ones where it had the separate little plug where you could then plug in uh, a, a lightning cable to charge with. I, yeah. It's going to have to be that style because... who? Well, what did they do with the USB-C right now? That dongle... Was just it just goes out to to USB. It doesn't send power out, does it? I think for it's the, supposed to. Maybe it does. I but have no clue. I, I, but I, I'm wondering, like, it's just going to become a mess. Like, no one's going to want to carry around all these dongles, and I, and then Bluetooth is nice, but then it's one more thing you have to remember to charge is the problem, and now you have to carry around chargers for that, and so. I don't know. It just becomes this whole mess once they eliminate that port, but all things point to them being gung-ho about eliminating the port. Yeah, the port's gone. It's just a matter of the solution they come up with because it seems like making just a particular pair of headphones with the lightning cable, they're going to be the only person who ever makes those cables, and it just seems like something they wouldn't bother with because I understand that they're going to... They own Beats, and they're going to have special Beats headphones, but they're not going to... They're going to emphasize wireless. All the current Beats ones that they ever advertise are all wireless. So I can't imagine they're going to make Beats with the lightning cable. Well, the Beats, yeah. Well, Beats usually come with the the wireless, but then they come with a 3.5 millimeter cable you can use optionally. Yeah. So I'm guessing they would have to replace that cable with a lightning cable. Because what if you have firmware or something you want to update on the Beats headphones that you do through an app on the phone? Then you need a way for it to to interface unless it does that now over bluetooth but right now the way they do that is with uh, the audio cable i don't know <laughs> well i guess we'll see on wednesday yep yep it's funny that one of the most interesting parts is how they're gonna deal with getting rid of something that's been commonplace for i don't know how many years i know no i'm still leaning i'm not upgrading this year i actually haven't even looked to see what i can get from my phone yet because i'm that much pretty much decided i'm not even bothering it how about you i might upgrade just be i'm gonna wait to see what they do i'm gonna have my mind open and then i might get the big phone you know the 5.5 inch nice (laughs) but that'd be the main and then have 32 gigabytes as the baseline because that's another rumored possibility and i'm still using the 16 gigabyte and my battery's not being the best so those are the main reasons i would upgrade yeah and and so you can get the glossy the bigger black finish. phone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the piano black finish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not some space gray. Who needs that? Yes. <laughs> and so that's pretty much the Apple event. 
we'll be covering the event live on Apple and apps and all you can tune in and watch it just like Apple's been. I don't know how many events in a row they've been streaming live so you can watch it yourself starting at 10 a.m. Pacific. Yep. And so that means it's time for some games and these will keep you kind of busy while you're waiting for September 7th to roll around. And the first game is Samorost 3. It comes from the makers of Machinarium and Botanicula. And there's a similar point-and-click adventure style. And then also there's a similar art style to Botanicula. And so in this case, you play as this little space gnome. That's what they call him in the description. And you have you start out and you want to make this spaceship so you can then go fly to other planets. So there's nine planets all told. And each one that you come to is going to be giving you different creatures and different environments to interact with. And the main idea is that you don't have just those kind of single progression of point-and-click adventure, but rather you're going to explore and find items. And like, say you go to a scene and you figure out the smaller puzzles in those scenes, that's going to unlock bigger picture connected scenes where you might need to grab something from here, go back over two panels and use it somewhere else. Yeah, so just the first thing you even notice about this game is just how beautiful it is. Like, the the graphics in it are just absolutely amazing and the detail they have. They have stuff in the foreground and the background and you'll see, like, the stuff blurred kind of cl- super close up to you because your focus is on what's happening in the, in the main foreground. And this little space gnome, what he does is he carries around this magical flute with him and a big part of the game is this music and what happens is he takes his little uh, flute and he holds it up to his ear and uses kind of as a listening device and listens to certain objects you'll see certain objects will have like these pulsating rings on them and you can go and drag the flute and listen on those objects and then what he'll do is he'll play back the tune that he hears and then it causes like the spirits of these deceased or trapped kind of creatures that live on whatever world you happen to be on kind of just grow out of the the object that you're there that you're at and then they tell a story well the whole thing there's absolutely no writing no english or anything it's all done in these beautiful animations that are just super easy to follow and understand and they actually really play on your emotions and draw you into this tale as it unfolds and he will learn basically what he has to do from these creatures that he talks to. And you you learn that you're basically on a mission to try to figure out what happened to all these people and uh, figure out where this person that did all this bad stuff to them uh, happens to be. And you basically go on this quest. And like you said, you're solving smaller puzzles to then maybe you have to go off to another world to then solve another piece of the puzzle, but then come back to this world that you happen to be on right now. And so there's a lot of moving around and exploring and just figuring out as you go. They really don't spoon feed it to you like machinarium. Like these are tough puzzles. Some of these, you are going to be like, trying to figure them out and not have a clue as to what to do and eventually maybe you'll stumble on it maybe you just kind of have to walk away and come back but they are really tough puzzles on on some some parts are easier but for the most part there's some really outside of the box thinking that has to happen because they emphasize really changing up the way each puzzle kind of fits together and like you said as when you get to a scene 
there's nothing that like sticks out right away. Part of you is just going to want to tap and just look at everything to see what you can actually interact with. And then once you see some items, try to figure out a way together to put them together. And then also that audiovisual design is just really, they have done an amazing job to make the game kind of memorable in just the way it looks and sounds. And you're going to use those sounds, as you mentioned, to interact with the puzzle. So that flute, you can listen to it and then play back the sound. And there's some good beats in play. And then it's neat to see those spirits kind of give you hints of how to interact with each of the puzzles. Those right. spirits, yeah. yeah, those are kind of the key hints that you're going to use to figure out everything. Right. And if for some reason you still are completely stuck, some games will have like, you know, purchases to get hints. Well, this has a whole system where they make sure you really want to do it because you have to solve this little puzzle twice. And you basically unlock this book, which on any screen, if you're completely stuck, you could unlock this thing and it, it looks like a real book and it opens up and it gives you basically a step-by-step -step guide on how to solve the puzzle on that page if you're completely lost. The one thing I wish they would do is actually just show you one step at a time and not reveal the entire thing. Uh, it is separated into steps so you can kind of try to quickly cover parts of it so you're only seeing the first step if you just want kind of something like a jumping off point if you're completely stuck. But uh, it's all there, so you never will get to a point where you can't progress forward, and you're not going to be asked to pay more money to do so. So you never have to worry that you're not going to be able to, to finish the game, but you, at the same time, you don't want to rely on that too heavily, because a lot of the fun is just trying things and seeing what you discover and acting like you're this little space gnome just trying to figure out what's going on. And if you just constantly go to that that cheat sheet, then you're going to miss out on a lot of the experience of the game. But that cheat sheet, it's a nice kind of option to have because they is. give you that puzzle mini game. And it seems like I would figure out what to do and I get the pieces together and it wouldn't unlock the next step. You're like, okay, what's left? And that's when it seemed like it really came in to help. Yeah, there was one that I don't know how anyone would have possibly guessed what they had to do. And I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, really? This is what I had to do? And there's no way. I, I could have sat there for hours and never come up with this. So I was really happy on that particular puzzle to have that. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice that it's in there. It's nice that it's completely optional so you can continue to play. But this game is by far one of the best experiences I've had this year on iOS. And it is definitely the most beautiful game that I've played on iOS this year. And although it's called Summer Us 3, you don't have to be familiar with the first two to dive in and fully explore all that it has to offer. Right, and those were never even released on iOS. I think they were like kind of not even full-length games. They were kind of just on the web. I think you played them on their website. The second one's in the Mac App Store right oh, now. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't know about I never found the first one. Yeah, the first one I think <laughs> is just really short. You can play it on, on in a Flash thing, I think, on their website. Yep. And so that's Sumrust 3. It's $4.99. It's universal. And up next is Super Power Boy. I got to see the game at GDC. And now here we are in September. It's finally available. And it lets you essentially have an action platformer where you just use swipe controls. And so your little boy is going to run automatically. There's an alien invasion. And you can you start out with basic abilities to jump and kind of swipe down. And then each, every few levels you complete is going to help you unlock 
new abilities. You get upgrades to your suit. So you start out with essentially just a backpack and a t-shirt, and then you're going to start looking like Iron Man as you add in these different pieces <laughs> to have a double jump or a power blast, or you can uh, do wall jumps and all kinds of various abilities. And each new level is going to build upon those new abilities you're given to add new challenges as you go. Yeah, the game, the level design that they've done is so great, and it ties in with this story of this boy becoming a superhero. And I love how they've actually just slowly, progressively add new pieces and put it in that little theme of he's upgrading a suit. And now they introduce new mechanics at a regular pace, but it's never overwhelming. So you learn a couple of basic moves to start, you get to play a few levels with those, and just... Once you're getting used to those, they now introduce a new element. And now you can kind of train with that one, and they slowly tack on these new abilities so you're never like, oh, there's 50 million things he can do. Like, what should I do? It just really kind of keeps on building up the complexity of each level, but slowly enough that you're not, it's not boring that you're, it's so slow, but it's perfectly timed that you're ready for that next step and you know how to do all the previous stuff and you can continue on. And just the way it ties into that whole story of him basically trying to save the environment and becoming this more powerful superhero as you go, it just works so perfectly. Yeah, they do a great job of progressing it. So there's a smooth difficulty curve. It doesn't feel too easy or too hard, especially after you pass that first world. You're consistently challenged. And even though they're introducing these new abilities, you're still just swiping in different directions. You use either the left or right side of the screen. You might swipe once or twice, depending on what action it is. But since you're only adding one thing, you're just building on swiping up to jump and swiping down to slide or swipe and right to attack. And now you're just building on those core mechanics with each new one. Yeah, and I, I love how it's all done in like this uh, like animated feature film style. And if you do happen to like fail a mission, so there, it'll have you collect certain amounts of things uh, or three different types of things as you're going through the level. And for some reason you happen to miss it, there's this whole like humorous, like really boisterous narrator that comes on. He seems like your stereotypical, like, announcing a superhero announcer. And he comes on, he's funny, but he's also encouraging, so you never feel so sad that you messed up, and you kind of, he pumps you up to want to go out there and try to do it again. And it just, it works so perfectly in the theme of everything. Yep. And so that's Super Power Boy. I'm not sure how many levels are included. I think there were 45, I believe. Okay, yeah. So it's a considerable game to get into. And it's $1.99, so it's a nice, cheap price. And it's made accessible with the swipe controls. It really fits on iOS, but that doesn't mean it's super easy or anything like that. No, no. And because they progress that difficulty, I think it's perfect for any age person. So you can have a kid all the way up to an adult, and and you can equally enjoy it because they do train you as you go through, so you never feel overwhelmed. Yep. And so, again, it's Super Power Boy. It's $1.99 and it's universal. And then there's Enyo, which it comes from the makers of Card Crawl, which we talked about a while ago. And this is a smaller game, but it still offers nice strategy idea. And in this case, you have uh, essentially a Greek kind of god-based theme. You're playing as the goddess of war or something. Yep, goddess of war, yep. <laughs> yeah, and so it it actually it turns into a dungeon crawler and all you have at your disposal 
is a shield and a grappling hook. And you have four different abilities. You can shield bash, shield throw, hook, or do a stun jump. And you need to use those four abilities to move across this tile-based dungeon layout and get rid of all the enemies. But to get rid of those enemies, you can either push them into a lava or pull them into the lava or the same with spikes. So you can't directly attack them. You have to use the environment. And so that means you have kind of this... I mean, it's set up like a roguelike, but you still have these chess type of elements as you want to figure out how each of your moves works and then how each of the enemy's moves works. Right, yeah. It's really strategic in the way you have to move around because as soon as you use that stun jump, now it just becomes a regular jump for one move. So you really have to plan things out that if you don't want to jump too close to a guy, but then the next time you jump, you're not going to be able to stun them around so they'll be able to attack you if they're right next to you. Or the same with your throwing of your shield. Once you've tossed that shield at someone, you have to go pick it back up if you want to use it again. So there's a lot of strategy and kind of positioning that goes on because you can't attack them directly and you have to line up basically two moves in a row so you basically have to get yourself in position to where you could then when they move pull them into the lava or pull them into the spikes or or do something so you really almost have to think two moves ahead every single time you move otherwise you're never going to take out the enemy because there's also guys that throw bombs and once those bombs go off they can kill enemies but they also will turn sections into kind of broken tiles where if you land on it it'll turn into a lava pit, so you'll fall into lava on that spot. So there's a lot going on for what looks like a really kind of simple-ish looking game at first. There's just so much underlying strategy in there because of your limited move set and how the other characters react or move or what their abilities happen to be for their attacks. Yeah, it's surprising how much kind of variation comes as you go from floor to floor through this dungeon and it all comes down to those enemies that chess example it's just like you have to contend with the rook or the bishop or the knight they all are going to move differently and so in this game you have that same idea but that grappling hook guy you always have to be cognizant of because he could always grab you and throw you into the pit or there's the archer guy that can fire from any row or column that you're going to get to. And then there's the minotaur who's going to slam you just like you're slamming other ones. So as you go, there's going to be more complexities to the enemies. And then there's a normal mode, an export, an expert mode, and then a daily challenge. And that expert mode, it starts you off with like 10 enemies. Like the normal <laughs> mode, you get like four enemies. And now you're up to 10. So... You really need to be prepared to get into that. Yeah, no, that normal mode is tough enough once you get to, like, the third stage. That yeah. I can't even imagine. I haven't even tried Expert yet because I just want to try. I think there's, it looks like you try to play through a total of ten stages with, because uh, I see I'm going three of ten. And yeah. so uh, I haven't made it past the third stage yet. I usually die at some point in there because then there's now a bird who, like, can kind of swap spots with you. And usually it's at the most inopportune moment where you puts you right next to someone who can then hurt you and then there's a chain reaction of pain as you uh, get taken out but it's it's one of these you'll never quite master because it's a random setup every time but as you kind of learn the different moves you can plan a little bit better yeah it seems like you always each time you have that incentive to restart because it feels like you can do just a little bit better by thinking of how the enemies act or if I would have done this. And so that is a nice replay factor. 
with that setup. It's like Mick Rogue where they had those 10 floors to get through. Yeah. But like you said, I haven't made it through all 10 floors, so I don't know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's free, but you can have a single $1.99 in-app purchase to get rid of the ads and unlock. Because right now, you have to, if you play for free, you have to watch a video ad each time you play expert mode. So if you just pay a single $1.99, it removes all the ads and all the blockades, but you can fully enjoy the game for free. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to pay if you don't want to, but uh, you can unlock that daily mode if if you do also for the one ninety nine. So that's Enyo, it's free, it's universal. And then there's line defense, which takes the classic arcade idea of missile defense, but makes it for iOS. And so that means you're all going to be touching everything. So you're going to draw lines to block the missiles, and the missiles are going to come hot and heavy, and you just draw a line to make that blockade. But you can only have one line on screen at a time. So you need to block a missile. And then as soon as that one's blocked, you're ready to draw a line to stop the next missile. And then there's going to be various types of bombs. And then asteroids come. And then each level concludes with a boss battle. Where then you have a little bit of a brick breaker style. Where you're going to draw the line. And then their missiles are going to bounce off to then be reflected back at them. So you need to draw the lines at the proper angle for the ricochet to work. And the coolest thing is when you have the classic arcade game, it's kind of an endless high score challenge. But this game gives you distinct levels. So you're protecting particular landscapes across the world. Like you start in New York, you're going to defend Egypt or Paris or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So this one, I almost just passed on thinking it was just yet another one of these missile command clones and like uh who needs to play this i decided to download and try it out and it like immediately hooked me because it gets fast and frenetic pretty quickly and you like you said you're you're constantly trying to draw lines but because you can only have that one line on the screen at a time you really have to try to get to stuff and they're coming down fast there'll be little power-ups that come up which can like a, a nuclear bomb which can blow up everything on the screen there'll be ones where you can you have basically one hit where you have this like uh, dome over your your planet you're protecting once that shatters which happens when like an asteroid hits it then uh, one more hit and you everyone in your city is going to die so there's other things that will come down to recharge that but those boss battles is what i really like if you can get enough of these other missiles and things that come then now you hit that boss battle and just kind of trying to reflect back the missiles back at them and each boss as you hit a new level is slightly different so they're like their missiles like the first guy they come straight down so it's fairly easy to do it the other the next one i think they came out at various angles so now you have to try to plan a little bit better because you have to angle them in to this one spot where he's weak to try to to destroy some of his health and basically finally take him out but it's just i love that whole setup of where you kind of have almost two games in one where you have first this survival game where you're just trying to as fast as possible draw these lines to stop stuff from hitting the thing on the bottom but then you have more of this kind of uh like like you said like a brick breaker style but it's more of like a strategic thing where you really have to try to plan the angles out just right to try to angle the those missiles in to to kill them so you really have like this whole shift that you have to do when you hit that boss battle and i just like that whole change in gameplay that they have which really switches things up so it's not constantly the same thing over and over and over again exactly and one of my favorite features is that it's a level-based setup and if you die at level five, you can restart 
at level five. You don't have to go play level one and then all those other ones just to get back to level five. I don't know why not every single game, or at least most games, includes this. It seems like such a basic feature, but it's a great implementation of line defense. Yeah, yeah, this was a really surprising nice freebie that came out this week. I don't think there was anything really that you paid for. There there are upgrades that you could get, which you earn by getting these crystals during the game, and you can spend those to get like these upgrades to your systems uh, but and then power uh, various power ups as well. But I don't think there was any. I guess you could buy the crystals, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, you could buy the crystals, but the upgrades seemed to flow relatively quickly. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's the type of game where you're just going to keep on coming in, playing a game at a time, and you'll earn those crystals over time to to upgrade. So I didn't feel any need to actually spend my real money on it but you still get tons of enjoyment out of it and you're going to want to come back and see if you can do better and then you start to learn new strategies so like with those asteroids there's gray ones that come out which only take one hit then there's the brown ones which take two hits and then i learned after a while that i didn't even need to really hit them twice i could just kind of bounce them off at an angle so they don't hit the side of they won't fall down and hit my actual planet they'll kind of just go off to the side and disappear so you can start to learn new strategies as you play and learn various moves for the different types of missiles and things that are coming at you and then there's the missile counter in the upper right so you can show or always see how much you still have to go to get to that boss battle yes yeah the thing it almost looks like a little battery meter almost Yep. And so I think that's, well, that is line defense. It's free, it's universal, and I think that's everything for episode 199. Yep, that's all I got. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.